Primary Care is an innovative alternative path to insurance-driven healthcare. Typically, a patient pays their doctor a low monthly membership and, in return, builds a lasting relationship with their doctor and has their doctor available at their fingertips. Welcome to the My DPC Story podcast, where each week you will hear the ever so relatable stories shared by physicians who have chosen to practice medicine in their individual communities through the direct primary care model. I'm your host, Marielle Conception, family physician, DPC owner, and former fee-for-service doctor. I hope you enjoy today's episode and come away feeling inspired about the future of patient care, direct primary care. Welcome to the podcast, Dave. Hey, great to be on. Looking forward to our chat. I am as well because Rosetta Fest, as of this recording, is less than a month away. And I'm super pumped because I just got off the call with my fellow MC, Kira Hanselman, and the master of all master of ceremonies, Lynn Henderson Connections. And we were talking about what is going to happen at this year's Rosetta Fest, a work of heart that is making it stand out. So before we get into the actual details of Rosetta Fest, for those people who might not know who Dave Chase is as the anthropologist of healthcare that you are, can you start us off with telling us who you are? Yeah. As you said, I I, I joke in my LinkedIn that I'm an archaeologist because I had to dig to find the Health Rosetta. And so, yeah, I'm one of the co-founders of Health Rosetta. And for those who don't know what it is, it's sort of like Think about if you've ever heard of B Corp or LEED standards for buildings or fair trade for your coffee or chocolate. It's sort of like that for health plants. And one of the big learnings for us that sort of led us here, and, and we'll probably get into a little bit back story, is essentially think of the health plans are sort of like the local laws of, of healthcare, right? We've got federal laws, we've got state laws, they impact us just like in our regular life. But really, it's the these kind of local laws, because what's a health plan? It's just a series of legal documents that say what we're going to cover and what we're not and all that. And it's essentially created today's dystopia in our healthcare. And so we're saying, hey, there's a much better way to do it. And the way that we measure that better, just like those things establish a standard, we thought it was weird when we came in here. They have trillions of dollars to spend. I can go on Amazon and get 5,600 reviews for toenail clippers, and there's no objective mark of value for a health plan. Trillions of dollars to spend. That's crazy. So it was a multi-year process to create what we call plan grader that essentially, to use a medical metaphor, it essentially diagnoses the health plan, gives you a diagnostic score in the eight key areas of health plans. And candidly, the status quo health plans get very low grade. So even if you're not a health healthcare wonk, you know that a 15 out of 100 is not as good as a 60 out of 100. And you know to torture the the medical metaphor, it then gives you a diagnose. I mean, a prescription or a care plan. How do you fix this very very sick health plan? So that's essentially Health Rosetta, and we can go into how we got to this place, but that at least gives you a high level. And I think that's a very different and an awesome way to summarize what the tenets are of Health Rosetta, because I think that when we hear health plans, especially as independent DBC doctors, we're just like, buka, vomit, no, thank you, shut the ears down, we're not going to hear anymore. But where Health Rosetta is coming in, what I like to tell people who ask me, like, what is Health Rosetta? 
I tell them, I'm like, remember how you used to be a fee-for-service doctor and now you're not? Well, there's a bunch of people who understand the power of DPC and they are also experts in the field of building plans for employers. And now all of them have come over to the quote unquote resistance, whatever you want to call it. But together, an independent DPC doctor plus a person who is an expert in building, you know, potentially that independent DPC doctor into an employer's plan as part of that health plan going forward is a different health plan than the buca that we normally go to in the back of our heads because of our healthcare system. So I, I love that you presented it like that. Like generally, what is a health plan? Not that health plans are buca plans, but health a health plan is, you know, the, the legal documents. And so when it comes to this point in time, when we have so many independent DPC doctors saying, you know, I'm open to working with employers, but I just, I don't even know where to to go to find employees or find employers who want to work with DPC. I had just two in the past two weeks ask me that exact question. And I was like, well, go ahead and call Brittany Bella over here and call this person over here. And then there's your, there's your contact, there's your, your link into getting into the employer world. And I think this is, you know, really setting the tone for what we're going to talk about at, in, in regards to what exactly Rosetta Fest is focusing on. And when you talk about the plan grader, it's not just for massive companies that have 5 million people. It can be for any employer who's looking for, is my plan that I'm providing my employees great? Or am I just wasting a ton of money on stuff that doesn't actually matter? And I love that you brought the the toenail clippers because I recently bought a set myself for patients. But like, it, it's crazy how we don't even question why isn't there transparency like there is for, like you said, the trillion dollar spend that we have versus we can easily find that with five-star reviews on something like Amazon. So I, I really love that, you know, this is how you opened it up. And, and when it comes to Health Rosetta, bringing DPC doctors into the fold, You've written some amazing books. So just putting a shout out there to one of the, the most recent one, Health Plan Heroes, the CEOs who restored the American dream. I love the, the byline on that. The future of healthcare is local, open, and independent. And so can you give us some examples of how Health Rosetta benefits advisors and how Health Rosetta in general have pulled independent DPC doctors into the fold and created plans? You know, usually when I'm talking about Health Rosetta, I jump into kind of when we launched, but I was very inspired by DPC Docs. And it was early in this journey where it was one of the DPC pioneers, you know, and I actually was the first national writer to write about DPC on a constant basis and wrote the seminal paper on DPC. So I had a lot of time, you know, 13, 14 years ago, right? I was really diving into it. And one of them said, you know, if you put wings on a car, that doesn't make it an airplane, right? Talking about you have to redo primary care, right? And that was a whole rethink. Same thing on health plans. Candidly, there's nothing to save about the current healthcare system other than the clinicians. And so you have to do this reset and kind of through that journey of looking at the DPC practice on one hand, and I had, you know, some personal stuff that got me to really dive into this issue was like, oh my gosh, the more I looked into the status quo, it was like, this is dystopia. It's awful for the patients. It's awful for our country, but it's really awful on a daily basis for the clinicians. And by comparison, once I dove into DPC, I was like, this is utopia by comparison. And so that sort of put me on that path. And, and also 
when I honestly assessed my own background and what I'd done, I used to have this belief that technology could disrupt industries. So I, I was the founder of Microsoft's healthcare business many moons ago. And if I'm honest with myself, and that's a big business for them. That's a $30 billion industry. They have about 10% of that, 28,000 partners globally. But honestly, you know, because healthcare is the only industry that I know that uses tech as an excuse for cost to go up and productivity to go down, all it did was entrench status quo. And so it was like, okay, what do we do? And so that's when I started studying these plans. And to give you, you know, to jump to kind of the end to your question, how it's being used, what's the impact? Let's talk about one community, you know, because, you know, my last book, um, Full Book, was Recolocalizing Health, right? And and then had the same subtitle as the Health Plan Heroes book, The Future is Local, Open, and Independent. And because the nature of this kind of change is it happens on a very community-by-community basis. And so let's talk about a community in Ohio, you know, classic kind of challenged Rust Belt community that is a medical desert, 60% of the kids in school have free or reduced lunch. There's only 15% achievement. And if you actually look at why did the Midwest manufacturing base get hollowed out, most people haven't thought about it deeply enough to recognize it was healthcare. There was a day where there's all these headlines. Every GM car has a $2,000 premium because of healthcare costs. And, and so, you know, ultimately, rather than solving the, the root cause of that, you know, the so-called solution was just to push the burden onto the backs of working middle-class Americans. And so if you look at this community, where it was versus today, it's really an American comeback story. And DPC is a big part of that. But this is a community, it's about an hour from Cleveland. There was no DPC doc. The benefits advisor, Bryce Heinbaugh, who is in our program, who, you know, five years ago, he was, you know, I joke with him as like, you were Buka boy, you were selling the old stuff and it didn't feel good to him. Like it, it's a good human being doesn't like delivering, you know, this in air quotes, great news, right? You get to pay more and get less, which is what benefits brokers have been doing. And he stepped into it, learned about it, learned about DPC and essentially how you rebuild these plans from scratch. And, but there was no DPC doc in that community, like a lot of communities, let, you know, fewer and fewer, you know, because of, you know, your work and, and like, I know you're in a rural setting. This, it, those type of settings are hard. What did they do? They actually went to a retired fever service primary care doc who had gotten fed up and retires, like, I'm done. I can't be a part of this system. And got him to come out of retirement to open up to serve these, a bunch of different employers in that community. Now, subsequently, more DPC docs are coming in this community. That you know the, That community has about 30% of the normal docs, normal number of docs per capita in Ohio. Bunch of DPC docs have, have come to serve that area. Maybe they come into that community two or three days a week, serve them remote. The top ambulatory surgery center, you know, surgical hospital in the state, one of the top in the country, which they were sending people, I think it was to Toledo, 
for care, you know, do a little, you know, people are like, hey, I would happily drive an hour or two to basically pay zero for the highest quality care in the state. And now they opened up a clinic in the community. And the only way that happens if it's a fair deal for both sides. I mean, actually the kind of precursor, our thoughts around certification, I mentioned fair trade. Well, fair trade's fair to both sides, right? It's good for the purchaser, but it's got to be good for the the producer of that, you know, whether it's for chocolate or whether it's a physician. And so the impact is dramatic. Just give you one example, the school district there, this is the eighth poorest school district in the state. Despite that, normally they would pass the school levies and they put in the plan, I think it was July of 2020, May of 2021, the school levy failed, right? This community's hurting. It did not pass. Normally, that would have been a disaster. They might have had to close, certainly cut teachers, cut benefits, cut extracurriculars, cut transportation, maybe close a school. But because they'd put in one of these plans with great primary care at the foundation, they in 10 months, they'd already saved more money than the entire school levy. So it was a game changer, so much so that a few months later, the superintendent of that school district retired to join our movement because he said, I can have more impact on kids and education in my state by being a part of your movement than staying as a superintendent. And that's a job that's hard to get. So that's the kind of impact that it can have when you do this reset. And, you know, the, the subtitle to my first book CEO's Guide to Restoring the American Dream is how to deliver world-class healthcare to your employees at half the cost. And that actually happens there. And, and so those are the types of things that then, you know, the number one determiner, determinant of health in America isn't hospitals, it's not pharmaceuticals, it's income, right? And these people have had 30 years of wage gains stolen. Now, you know, these companies are providing 100% paid direct primary care, $0 surgeries, $0 imaging, all these things. Like if you make a smart decision, why should you pay? Now, if you want to go to a price gouging hospital has high rates of infection, then you're over on the standard old plan with these super high deductibles. Well, most people understand zero. And if they have a doc, if they have a nurse who's on their side, that's not financially conflicted and says, these are the three best places and doctors to go to for that surgery. They almost always will take that recommendation. So complete game changer there. I love it. And accompanying this podcast will be a blog where you can find more information as well as watch the the presentation that was at Health Rosetta Summit last year with Bryce, with Dr. Mark Potts, who you're talking about, who, yeah. you know, jumped ship from being a superintendent to joining this this movement of of game-changing healthcare work that we are all doing. And so definitely I encourage you guys to check out that link and watch the full presentation that was given last year's summit. But I I love that you give that example because, you know, when, when we think about direct specialty care as a growing movement, because people are using the DPC business model to grow their practice. Like for example, the last podcast that came out featured Dr. Shannon Scholl, who's a gastroenterologist, and she was pointing at how important it is for 
you know, for growth of the direct specialty care movement to think about, can I provide a bundled price and work with a broker who is understanding of DPC and is passionate about building DPC as a business model, including specialty care into a plan, you know, that is all talked about in what they were doing in, in Ashtabula. That's what Dr. Potts taught me how to say, because I was yeah. like, how do you say this word? But yes, I, I, it, it's it's incredible that that's just one example of what is going on out there. And I love this too, because this is really blasting out of the water, the idea that DPC is concierge medicine. Like that kills me every time I hear that. And there's people who still you know, believe that because we're offering access to high quality care, that we're concierge doctors. And it's like, you're just pointing out the eighth poorest district in that entire state is getting the quality that CEOs get because there's ways to do that without putting everybody into bankruptcy. Yeah. Yeah. I I would argue, I mean, I had a health plan when I was at Microsoft that we paid $0 for everything that that party ended, you know, after I left, but I would argue I have better care now because of having the DPC doc, right. You know, even those docs, what, what happens? The a lot of the health systems have these so-called executive physicals that are part of their their program, which a lot of them are very deft about freaking rich people out, like that they need a bunch of procedures. And so it just becomes another revenue driver versus actually focused in on, on outcomes. And so in many respects, it's, you know, these working class people in places like Ohio, they've got superior healthcare to executives today. It's amazing. And this is why you and I are doing this. This is why people like Dr. Potts jumped from a superintendent position to do what he's doing, because this is really changing healthcare for everyday Americans. One of the really big things here that's subtle and easy to miss is, you know, it's not like it's breaking news that word of mouth is the best form of marketing. But one of the things you probably just sort of instinctually get as a DPC doc, because you're located in one place, is this has been a big part of, I mean, why I had this book, Relocalizing Health, is if you study really tough problems and social movements and revolutions, you only actually need max three and a half percent of a population to tip a revolution because three and a half percent know everybody. And we had this hypothesis going in that we'd have this rule of threes. You get three employers that start out, you build the muscles, you kind of understand the local landscape, but nobody notices. You get nine, you start to have a case study or two, some some of, you know, from the, the employer side, some of the healthcare delivery organizations, rather than, you know, kind of putting the stiff arm up like, oh, I don't know, you know, where's that fancy national expensive logo? They actually love it because they have, they're getting paid timely, they're getting paid without middlemen involved. And, and then when you got to, you know, three cube 27, which would be about 5% of the employers in typical locale, the market would tip. Turns out it's even less than that because the pain is so high with the status quo. That's what has led, you know, like in Ashtabula, it started with some private sector employers and then it went to the county and then the school district and everybody, right? is connected at some well, at minimum, they're paying property tax for that. And then just word of mouth is on fire so much so that Bryce is having to turn away people and say, hey, I would love to help you, but I can't help you unless you're willing to wait to 2024. That's a good problem to have. It definitely is. And you know, shout out to anybody who's 
wanting to move Dashtabula or, you know, around Dashtabula, this is this is where we are in the direct primary care movement is that there are communities like, please come here. We will absolutely fill you up because yeah. we have all of these people who are on a waiting list. You know, Dr. Janine Rodham's down in Santa Cruz. She has like 300 people on her waiting list. And in her market, the local healthcare system stopped taking new Medicare patients. Like, what is that, right? So this is this is all about getting people pumped up to the start of us talking about Rosetta Fest, because this, exactly what we are talking about, this is like all over the place and all the networking sessions and all of the presentations that's going to be happening in Chicago in August. But one more thing before we go there, if someone is like, well, shucks, I didn't even know about Health Rosetta, or I want to know more about Health Rosetta, we will definitely have a link to more information with the accompanying blog to this podcast. But is there a way for a person to easily find a benefits advisor with Health Rosetta in, in their locale? Yeah, yeah, definitely. If you just go to healthrosetta.org slash map, boom, it will go to a map, sort of like, you know, there's a DPC mapper that maps a lot of the DPC practices, sort of like that. In fact, we were inspired by that. So the advisors that we've accredited, there's about 250 or so around the country. You know, there's a few states where there's not somebody located. Maybe we don't have anybody in South Dakota physically living there 100% of the time, but those people cover all the states and many of them, you know, serve outside of their region. But of course, you know, you're in a bigger metro like Atlanta or Chicago, there's there's quite a few there. And, you know, some of them have already baked in DPC into a lot of plans. Some are, you know, we're training them. So be aware, not all of them are fully up to speed. The other thing that's kind of interesting as a little side note is we have two DPC docs and one spouse of a DPC doc who are benefits advisors. They were frustrated. They couldn't find somebody locally and they were working with employers. And so like, we're just going to get our license and we can help these employers. So we actually have a couple DPC docs who are still in practice, but also able to build plans because we give them the tools of how to build a plan. Because, you know, Nobody's born with that knowledge, and certainly that's not why you went to med school, but it isn't rocket science either. So that's an interesting little side note. You'll actually see there's one in, I think, Oklahoma. I think the other one's in Kansas or Kansas City. And then the, the one that's the spouse is in the Houston area. So his wife is a DPC doc. So pretty interesting how that's happening too. It totally isn't. I'm guessing you're talking about Sunil Vasish yeah. because yeah, if you haven't if you haven't heard their story, just a shout out to Dr. Bhav Narao and Sunil, their episode was episode 26 of the My DPC Story podcast. And they talked about how Sunil worked with Bhavda, who was a, a hospitalist, working on their DPC practice as his capstone project. So it's super inspiring. So with that, I want to go into the details of Rosetta Fest. Where is it and when is it going to be? Yeah, it's in Chicago at the Navy Pier, a really cool place, August 7th to 9th out there. You know, it's not going to Chicago in February, so it should be a nice, nice, nice time there. And we will also have virtual options, right? They'll both be a free feed on LinkedIn, they'll have quite a few of the sessions and then a full-blown, if you you know want to pay for the virtual full-blown registration, there's that as well. So of course, we hope you can get there, but know that not everybody can do that on short notice. So yeah, that's kind of when and where it is. Fantastic. And as we're talking about, you know, your history and how Health Rosetta is playing in to the fold of the DBC ecosystem, 
who is this conference for? Because it's a little bit different than last year in terms of this year, the attendees can be anyone from the public, as well as people who are specifically benefits advisors and doctors. Yeah. In the past, we just had these gatherings just for our community. In fact, our very first one was in Chicago. It was like, you know, I don't know, it was 80 people or something like that, like five years ago. But one of the things we recognize that you're speaking to is, is the industry is very silo. You know, we've got, you know, your neurologist convention, your benefits broker convention, your health IT convention, you know, whatever, right? And we found this is a team sport. You know, we can't do it, as we've been talking about, without DPC docs, without direct paradox. But we essentially think of ourselves as kind of connective tissue across the industry silos. So it's the benefits advisors, it's the clinical leaders, it's the employers, it's the unions, it's impact investors, policy people, activists, technology companies. They all have to come together because again, like for the most part, you don't get healthcare in this country without some kind of health plan. And so we're just trying to make it way, way easier to stand up a great health plan versus perpetuating the status quo. Love it. And in terms of Rosetta Fest, it is broken into three main days. Mm-hmm. And the way that Rosetta Fest is set up this year is super, super engaging. So let's start off with day one, August 7th, Chicago, again, on Navy Pier. I love that place. Let's start off with what does the first day look like for attendees? Overarching, one of the things you know that's so key and we bake in throughout is a lot of networking. And the fest in Rosetta Fest is it's a festival of success. So you're going to see people with lanyards, with different color badges that are winners of the Rosies. You know, we got the Tonys, the Grammys, you know, those sort of things. Why not have the Rosies? These are the best health plans in America. And so it's the people associated with them that you'll see that. But in terms of Monday, Monday morning is basically we're going to have pre-conference workshops And there's going to be three of them. One of them is a DPC incubator with Lauren Tancredi, who has probably helped more DPC practices get off the ground than anybody that I know of. And then there's another one, Tim Pollard. It was the most talked about session we've ever had at any health resident gathering. He's got a TED talk about this and and it's called the compelling communicator. So it's like a three hour workshop. And then there's a third one with Andy Neary on selling on social media. And so that's kind of before it sort of officially gets going. And then Monday afternoon is really a bunch of solution case studies. So for example, there's one on how to weave telehealth into DPC. And then there's a number of these kind of case studies throughout the the day. And then we'll kind of get into the first sort of main stage presentations. There's going to be a state of the CAA, which is the Consolidated Appropriations Act, right? This is actually some, you know, if you look at that, and combine it with an executive order that happened at the same time, biggest change in employee health benefits since 1943. So we're going to talk about what that means and what's the latest there. It is a real force multiplier for our movement. And then before we have the opening party, I'm going to give a state of health Rosetta, you know, where we've been, but especially where we're going. I'm going to talk a little bit about how we're going to give away the crown jewels the next day and some other things that hopefully will be very interesting to you. So that's Monday. I love that this is how it's kicking off because like you mentioned, it is a festival of networking. And absolutely, when we're starting with pre-conference workshops, it gets your mind thinking about 
where you are in your DPC journey, it gets your feet wet in terms of like, what, what is the energy that I'm going to expect in the next couple of days? What are the topics that we're going to be covering? And I think that starting out with case studies, again, like this podcast is called My DPC Story, the story of what has happened because of Health Rosetta, because of DPC. It's just incredible. And you get so pumped up by hearing what is applicable to you and your journey, but also hearing other things that you might not have thought about. And so I think that that's a great way to kick it off. And I'm super excited for the talks, your talk, Chris Deacon, who's going to be doing the, the update on the CAA, yeah. just super, I mean, super... she's a force of nature, yep. you know, and, and, you know, and she was responsible for the biggest government, it was at the state level, DPC implementation and former deputy attorney general. So an incredible person. So if you haven't already bought your ticket, let's let's head into day two. So August 8th, what is going to be happening on the second day of Rosetta Fest? Yeah, I think most people in DPC know about Garrison Bliss. So the sort of as Garrison, you know, is to DPC, Keith Smith is to the kind of specialist space and direct care. And so we're going to have Keith Smith and also we're going to have Karen Simonton, who works with OrthoForum. So OrthoForum is sort of an industry group of independent orthopedic practices. And there, obviously, we need specialists, too. So they can be part of that with me and with Jay Kempton, who's one of the pioneers also in the direct care on the TPA side. And then we have DPC doc Delicia Haynes talking about system redesign. And we're going to have a couple of sessions, one with David Contorno on how advisors are weaving DPC in with great success, how that's working. Another one like that is Mike Krupa with Alex Lickerman and Rhea Campbell, you know, local to Chicago. And they've done some pretty interesting things. It's almost like DPC plus in terms of how they do some things sort of like what Casey Billington and her team has done and helping with navigation and sourcing lower cost medications. It's a pretty interesting model there. And then there's going to be a DPC panel with some of the pioneers like Mark Tomasulo, you know, from Peak Med. And then I mentioned Crown Jewels. Really, you know, the Crown Jewels of Health Rosetta in many ways is the insight, you know, that the the Health Rosetta, right? The torture in that Rosetta Stone metaphor, we found how to crack the code of this seemingly indecipherable healthcare system. And these health plans, all these legal documents, right? They determine dysfunction and dystopia or utopia. And the reason, the worst result that we've had is a 20% absolute reduction in spending while health benefits greatly improved is because of our insights around that. We could hold that like Gollum holds the the ring and Lord of the Rings, but it wouldn't change the industry. So we're going to start giving away the insights, these battle-tested multi-year, here's how you do it. It's kind of wonky stuff, but if you don't sweat those details, we don't do that. So we're going to do some of that. We're also going to have really kind of the nation's champion on transparency, Cynthia Fisher. So she was behind the transparency and coverage legislation at the federal, that was an executive order. Now it's turning into legislation. There's a, just came out of committee 49 to zero around transparency. That was just a bill passed at New York city. There's been a couple state levels. So she at local state and federal level, 
She is doing amazing work. So that's going to kind of wrap up the content part of Tuesday. And then we're going to have a nice party. You may remember last year we had live karaoke and it was just let loose a little bit. There's some hidden talent. I mean, I think it, I have no talent in that area. So I wasn't even thinking about going on stage, but I think some people are like, oh, wow, there's some really good folks here. But we have a lot of fun, right? Work hard, play hard. And so we're going to have a fun party Tuesday night. And so that'll kind of wrap up Tuesday. That's awesome. But I I will shout out though, that you have talent by proxy because your daughter, Abby, was blowing it up on stage with all the girls up there. And uh, there's definitely pictures of that on the Rosetta Fest uh, page. So, you know, that is so true. We definitely know how to play hard and work hard at the same time. So bring us into day three. How are we bringing Rosetta Fest home? Yeah, a lot more case studies, really getting that next level kind of nuts and bolts. The first day is through the lens of particular piece parts of, you know, and some of the solutions, whereas this is sort of looking at holistically giving you actionable information when you go home. And most of them have DPC baked into them. We're also going to be talking about unions role. Like if you look at the legislation that happened and some of the awareness raising, they played a pivotal role, 32BJ, you know, talk about working class, you know, members and they are great at organizing. So there's going to be some interesting stuff there. And then we mentioned Bryce Heinbach earlier. He's going to have a very powerful session on what he's learned, right? How he's tipped a market and how important is to align your values with the right organizations. If, if it's just this transactional thing, people aren't going to stay long. If they really believe the statement, almost every leader says, you know, employees are our most valuable asset. That's what really drives word of mouth. And so he's got some really cool insights there. And then I'm going to be in conversation with a guy named Sandy Wiggins. I've used the lead analogy over a thousand times because I think of the built environment, these, you know, U.S. Green Building Council has these lead standards on how to build buildings more efficient, completely replace the old supply chain over, you know, a 20 year period. And I use that analogy probably the most because like healthcare, the built environment is very local and is very entrenched. He was there during, he was part of the founding part of that during the hyper growth phase. Basically where we're all at is about 2000, equivalent of about the year 2000. Hyper growth happened during the 2000s. And then Sandy also was kind of in a similar role with this organization that really championed localism. And you know, you think about localism, you tend to think about food and retail. What's more local than healthcare, right? That's again, that's the title. And you look at a county like the one I live in with a quarter million people. So all in across all ages, we're spending two and a half, three billion dollars, like very, very conservatively, at least a billion dollars extracted out of our local economy for a fundamentally local service. If we only repatriated 10% of that, that 100 million could do a lot for social services, housing challenges, education. So we're going to talk about that. And the, the title is, you know, if a $70 trillion industry can change, so can healthcare. So I think that will be an exciting thing. And that's going to be pretty much as we wrap up and we'll have a last session with the, the leadership of Health Rosetta, talk about the future we choose. It's in our hands. We now have the tools the categories emerge, there are DPC all over, there's more and more direct care. You know, 
that sort of tongue-in-cheek reference to being an archaeologist in my LinkedIn profile is like, when I wrote the CEO's Guide to Restoring the American Dream, I had to dig hard to find like five solutions around the country. Again, the reason it's Rosetta Fest, it's a festival of success. We've got hundreds and hundreds of successes, rural, urban settings, public, private, large and small employers in every corner of the country. And so it's really in your power. And, And one of the things I will sometimes needle my physician friends on is you are the second most trusted profession in America after nurses. And so I'll needle my nurse friends and pharmacists are number three. You have patients, you have neighbors, you have golf buddies, you have people go to church with who are mayors, they're business leaders, they trust you. And you're squandering that trust if you don't help educate them that there is a better way. And so that's one of the big things that is in your power. And we found the best marketing besides word of mouth is education, right? I mean, people talk about doctors being teachers in white coats. I think the origin of the the word physician is something about teacher education. I think I heard that. And so educate, 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 and many people will come along. It's sort of, it's like this thing, you create this magnet, it just attracts folks. So we want to leave everybody, but definitely DPC docs at the end with those tools where they can be confident, how they can educate their friends, their themselves as well, so that others get brought into this movement. Because in my opinion, there's no greater immediate threat to our country than our status quo healthcare system. That's how important it is. Can't agree with you more. And I'm guessing the audience is is just shaking their heads. Thank you so much, Dave, for coming on and sharing about yourself, your history, the history of Health Rosetta, where Health Rosetta is helping DPC grow as a movement, and also about the details of Rosetta Fest. So again, it's August 7th through 9th in Chicago on Navy Pier. There's going to be options to attend free on LinkedIn live stream. There's going to be options for registration virtually as well as in person. Definitely, I encourage everyone to show up in person if they can and be ready to learn, to hear all of these stories, be ready to get educated on where DPC is in the world of employers and in the future and how we're constructing changes in our healthcare system to to codify what we're doing and to strengthen what we're doing. So thank you so much. And again, there will be an accompanying blog with this podcast and I'll see you in August, Dave. All right. Looking forward. Thanks so much for having me on. And thanks to all the DPC docs out there. I know it's not the easy path, but it's definitely the most rewarding and nothing important was ever easy. And you certainly know that with med school, you signed up to tough stuff. And I really appreciate that. Next week, look forward to hearing from Dr. Nitin Gupta of Rivertown's Pediatrics in Dobbs Ferry, New York. If you've enjoyed the podcast and you haven't yet done so, subscribe today and share the episode with a physician you may know who needs to hear about DPC. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify now as well, as it helps others to find all these DPC stories. Lastly, be sure to follow us on social media. If you're wanting to continue learning more about DPC in the meantime, check out dpcnews.com. Until next week, this is Marielle Conception.